Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And how blessed we are to have this opportunity to gather again around that imaginary kitchen table that we kind of try to portray, open up God's Word and study together. Well, of course, if you've listened to the program long enough, you've heard me refer to the format that we use here. We try to present this program, Search the Scriptures, in a friendly, easy-to-follow kind of way and try to kind of get the feeling that we're all sitting around the kitchen table with an open Bible and discussing God's Word together, studying what the Scriptures really do say, searching the Scriptures. Boy, we need more of that in our country today and around the world, literally. People need to be getting into God's Word and studying diligently. The Apostle Paul exhorted in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 Study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'm combining the King James Version and the New King James Version in the translation there. I really like the King James Version at the big beginning of that verse, study to show yourself approved. The New King James Version says, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God. And the answer as to how to do that in both cases is to get into God's Word, study it diligently so that you can handle it correctly, rightly dividing or handling correctly the Word of truth. That's God's Word. That's the reference that is meant there. And that's important because Jesus told us in John chapter 8 and verse 32 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we really need to be diligent students of God's Word. And it's important for us to understand when we go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, that verse 15 tells us that the scriptures make us wise for salvation. So we learn about how to be saved through the teachings of God's word, the scriptures of God. But then also in verses 17 and 18, or 16 and 17, Paul goes on and says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The meaning being that it is God-breathed. In other words, his very word. If we can imagine it coming from God's very lips, across his very lips, that's the idea. When we look at scripture, when we read it, when we study it, that's God's very word. And it is profitable for doctrine, that is teaching, for doctrine, for reproof, for rebuke, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, to guide us in the will of God. And then verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we can be equipped to do what God wants us to do, to live the life that God wants us to live in service to him, in service to him. How important it is that we get into God's word. We do pray that as we study together each day in the program here, that you are learning more and more of God's word. And that's important for your faith because God's word tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse, uh, Romans 10 and verse 17. So you need to know God's word sufficiently that your faith can be proper in him. And as you continue to learn, you should come closer and closer to him. And ultimately, make up your mind that you want to come to him all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ, his Son, and your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, 
and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will still cleanse you effectively, completely, of the guilt of your sins. And as you come up from that grave of water that we call baptism, having been buried therein, you are a new creation, as Paul puts it. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, you have been, as Jesus told Nicodemus must happen, in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you have been born again. So now you've got that new start. You've got a new life to live, a new direction, a new hope, a new purpose, a new goal, and ultimately looking toward that heavenly home with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are indeed for you, and we do pray for you. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how you can contact us. We encourage you, jot down that information. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready to do exactly that. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. We send it across the country, literally, and people are continually asking us for study materials. We never charge anybody anything to teach them God's Word. If they want to study, we're going to send them the materials to study. And we have lots of study guides that we can help you with and send to you. The study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, and again for free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and a piece of paper ready, and in just a little while we'll tell you how to contact us, and then jot down that information, and then contact us. We're coming toward the end of this study that we've been engaged in for some time now. Talking about how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul, and he's writing this to Christians, not to non-Christians, he's writing this to Christians. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now I emphasize that it's to Christians because they've already followed God's plan of salvation. That's not what Paul's talking about there. Not saying decide whatever you want to do to be saved. They've already come into Christ. They're Christians. They're his disciples, his followers. What Paul is saying in this particular verse is now you need to diligently, thoughtfully, prayerfully read the scriptures as to how God wants you to live your life before him in absolute faithfulness. And then you need to make the proper applications to your life as you learn what those scriptures teach. Now, there may be some people who say, well, you know, I, I and, and Paul talks about this. He, some people, he says, uh, are going to conclude that they should not eat meat because they can live a more dedicated life. Paul refers to those people as weaker brethren, but some, some pe- somebody might come along and say, I just feel like I can take care of my body better, and my body is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, Uh, I'm supposed to bring God glory through my body, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But Paul says, okay, now maybe they haven't learned enough that maybe they haven't gotten deeply enough into the scriptures to realize that they can glorify God through their body and eat meat at the same time. But he says, whatever the case, you leave them alone because that's a determination they have come to as long as they don't try to bind it on somebody else and say that's the only way you can do it to follow God fully and properly, 
then Paul says, leave them alone. Let them be. Some people might determine that when they become Christians, because of the kind of friends they have, they're going to have to let go of a lot of those friends. They're going to have to find new friends who can encourage them in their new faith. And that would be proper in many cases. And that's the kind of thing that Paul is saying here when he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How can you be the most dedicated Christian you can be? How can you follow the scriptures most fully and, again, most faithfully? So how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. Not just saying, well, I'm dedicated to God, or not just feeling in our heart that I'm dedicated to God, but how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. And we've talked about that through a number of applications, and also we've looked at uh, the illustration of David when he tried to move the Ark of the Covenant back, well, to Jerusalem, and the idea was good, the purpose was good, but how he went around uh, about it was incorrect, and it cost a man his life. David then studied fuller, or more fully, the, God, the, the law of Moses, and realized that he had been transporting it incorrectly. And when he corrected that, everything worked out well. Now somebody might say, well, what's the big difference? He was doing a good thing. Well, it was a good thing. He just wasn't doing it in the right way. And that's how we dedicate ourselves to God being important. Now we looked at, as Christians, we need to recognize areas in which how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We talked about it in the, in, in the perspective or from the perspective of doctrine. That is what we believe. The word doctrine simply means teaching. So we need to make sure that what we believe and what we practice as Christians is good doctrine, sound doctrine. In other words, the true teachings of God's word. Remember again what Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We can't just do it any old, follow God any old way. We can't just make it up or follow him in some way that we think feels good. Now that's the way a lot of people are in their religion. They want to conform God to their beliefs, to their feelings, to their desires, and that won't work that simply won't work. So we've got to make sure that what we believe and what we practice as Christians is the truth from God's word. How we dedicate ourselves to God is also important in how we obey God's teachings. We can't pick and choose, cherry pick, so to speak. I like that particular instruction or commandment, but I'm not so crazy about that one over there. And you know, this one I'm already doing, so I feel comfortable with that. But that one over there that tells me this or that, you know, I, I've never done that before. I, I don't think I need to do that. That's not how it works. When God has instructed, when he has commanded, when he has given us his will in his word, we need to follow that. And we need to follow it diligently, and we need to follow it accurately and consistently. How we worship God is another area that demonstrates how we dedicate our, ourselves to God is important. We can't just worship God in any old way that suits us or that 
necessarily that people have told us should be okay. We've got to search the scriptures. We've got to dig deep. We've got to say, okay, how did God say he wants us to worship him? He wants us to partake of the Lord's Supper, proclaiming his Lord's death and also the fact that the Lord is coming again. And the example of the New Testament church was they partook of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. When we sing our praises to God and we give him glory through our worship and song, the instructions, the examples are always a cappella in the New Testament, always without instrumental accompaniment. It's always that way. There is no example of the New Testament church worshiping God with a band or even with a piano or an organ. And that practice was always shunned by the church for the first 400 years or so of its existence. It was always a cappella singing. We need to give to God consistently from the blessings that with which he has blessed us and we need to do so willingly and lovingly and joyfully. And we need to be about putting ourselves under the sound of good, sound preaching and teaching because we need to grow in the word of God. And we need to pray to God regularly, consistently, continually. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. And we ought to pray for ourselves, our needs, but also for other people's needs. And we need to remember to always give thanks to God for his blessings with which he bestows, uh, which he bestows upon us. It's interesting that at the end of the listing of the Christian armor in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says that we need to pray always. So I like to see that as kind of a compliment or an addition to the listing of those implements of the Christian armor, indicating we need to always be praying as part of our suiting up to be strong in our faith. Now we also began to look at, in our last program, how we commit ourselves to God is important in how we're, we dedicate ourselves to God. Now, the word commit and dedicate are, are very similar. They're pretty parallel, but we might think a little bit deeper in the term in a specific way about commitment, committing ourselves to God. So we talked about how we need to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38, and how God has to be number one in our lives even above our families, and even above our own life. And we need to take up our cross daily. And we looked at Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, and 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, where whatever we do, we need to do it to the glory of God. And whatever we do, we need to do it in the name of our Lord, Colossians 3 and verse 17. We need to do it with, with all of our might and fervently, Colossians 3 and verse 23, and Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Well, we need to be fervent. We need to be diligent. Romans 12 and verse 11. Now, we need to openly confess our faith in Christ. And it ought to be something, it ought not to be something that we kind of keep to ourselves. And it's a private thing just between us and God. It can't be that way. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. So, 
And then he went on to say, whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So we can't keep our faith to ourselves. We can't keep our commitment to God to ourselves. That commitment needs to be open. It needs to be visible. We can think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in verses 13 through 16 where he said, you're the salt of the earth. And salt is supposed to improve things, season things, and preserve things, make things better. And then he said, you're the light of the world. And then he instructed, let your light so shine that others may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we need to openly own our Lord and live for him. Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John chapter 8 and verse 24. And it's interesting, in the night of his betrayal, he told the apostles, and it's still absolutely true today, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then when the apostles began preaching and teaching the gospel as the church was established in Acts chapters 2 and 3 and 4, in, verse, in chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter said, There is therefore now no other name given among men by which we must be saved. Only through Christ can we come to God. Now, some people would throw up their hands and they'd say, oh, you're, you're narrow-minded. What about all the people who don't believe in Christ, but they believe in God? They're going to come up short, according to what the scriptures teach. Because Jesus said, he is the only way to God. Well, but they, have, they don't believe in Jesus as the Savior. Jesus is the only Savior. That's what Peter said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. And Jesus himself said he is the only way to God in John 14 and verse 6. We must believe his teachings. Or again, we're facing eternal condemnation. Look at what he said, Jesus himself, in John chapter 12 and verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So we cannot reject the teachings of Christ and hope somehow to not have that rejection be a part of our judgment or part of the basis of our judgment on that final day of judgment, when the Lord will be our judge. We must recognize that we have to follow God again, God's way. How we commit ourselves to God is important as to how we dedicate ourselves to God. We must commit ourselves to God fully. And again, someone would say, well, what about all these people who do not believe in Jesus? They believe in God, but they don't believe in Christianity. They've got their own religion. Well, according to the scriptures, again, they're wrong. Now, that's not meant to be offensive or demeaning or insulting, I'm simply going by what the scriptures say. And what about all those other people who don't believe necessarily in the true God of the Bible, the only true God, or in Christ? But they worship idols. They worship some ancient philosophy. Again, God is the only God. Christ is the only Savior. And we need to recognize that. John was emphatic in 2 John 
chapter 1, verse 9. He said, whoever transgresses and does not abide in or live in or live by the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Now, how could that be any more straightforward? But he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. You see, the Father and the Son go together. God the Father and God the Son go together. You cannot separate the two and say, well, I accept God the Father, but I don't accept God the Son. You're coming up short. It's not up to you. It's the way it is. It's the truth of the matter. Jesus is the Savior. John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Romans 5 and verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is the Savior, the only Savior, and the only way to God. And if we're going to be properly dedicated to God, we're going to have to be absolutely committed to live our lives through Christ, in Christ, and for God, serving him and being dedicated and commitment, committed to him on a daily and ongoing basis. Now that's part of what we need to understand from what Paul wrote, as we read earlier in Philippians 2 and verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. First, you've got to come to grips with the truth of the matter. And you've got to accept that truth. You can't accept part of it and reject other parts of it. You've got to embrace it all. That's total commitment. And you've got to not just accept it intellectually, but you've got to live it. Again, that's total commitment. We've got to stop and park here for today. We'll come back and we will finish this particular study next time. Do encourage you to tune in, follow this study all the way through to the end. You can receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. Or you can even receive this entire series for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. But be sure to write down that information that we're going to give you in just a moment as to how to contact us and then contact us. And ask for the free Bible study also. And you'll find that this will help you get to heaven. It'll teach you about true dedication and commitment to God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you right away.